Thanks so much for tuning in to the Leesburg Daily, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast where we dive into scripture, we study it together, and then we apply it to our lives. Today we pick up in Second uh, Timothy chapter 6. We're nearing the end of the book, and we um, approach today, we're going to be in verses 3, uh, three through 5, uh, 3 through 4 maybe. When we ended this, we were talking about the 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 role of a of a, a minister, the the yoke of slaves, and 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 the and the job it takes, or the the job it was for Timothy as the pastor of this church uh, to, to guide them in very practical living arrangements. How do slaves now interact with their masters? Since the gospel brings freedom. What does that mean practically for a slave? And we said, as Paul wrote here, listen, um, because you are a slave, because you are brothers, because you are um, Christians, you should work even more diligently uh, to please your your master. Uh, but also your your master uh, sh- should look to, to you, uh, to care for you. Um, in verse 2, uh, Paul wrote, he said, those who have believers as their masters uh, must not be dis- disrespectful to them. Don't flaunt your freedom in Christ. Don't don't refuse to, to, to serve anymore. Uh, but instead must serve them more because of the benefit uh, and their believers. And, and Timothy's still told to preach and teach these things. And, and now uh, this shifts... And Paul is speaking again to Timothy very specifically. Uh, and, and let's read the first couple of verses here together. Starting in verse 3. If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine confirming to God, conforming to godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing. But he has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words, out of which arise envy and strife and abusive language, evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of depraved mind and depraved of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. That's actually where we'll stop today. That's plenty of ammunition for us to talk through today. Paul tells Timothy, if anyone teaches a different doctrine, and then he defines what that doctrine is in verse 3. If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, well, what are sound words? Again, that should bring our attention back to chapter 1. I can't remember exactly where it was, but he talked about sound words. Uh, that, that's the confirmed, affirmed teachings uh, of, of, uh, of the apostles. Sound words, and then he goes even further than just the confirmed teaching of the church. But but those of our Lord Jesus Christ, though you know, I mean, we see this today. Many will say, "Well, well, Jesus never said that." There, you, one of the reasons why many people don't believe the Bible today or don't hold the Bible as authoritative is they say, "Well, look, it's a book that can be manipulated over thousands of years." Uh, the, the problem is. It wasn't, <laughs> and that's fairly easy to see. Um, it's fairly easy to see that what we have today in the Bible, as we have it today, 
hasn't been uh, uh, adjusted or manipulated. In fact, the, the vast majority of the Bible, there are very few things. We're talking spelling errors. We're talking grammatical issues. Um, we're talking very few minor details. Nothing. No textual variant that we have that it, that's in existence. And we have a lot of variants. We have a lot of, uh, of documents of biblical uh, uh, copies of, of the original uh, letters. We have many than, much more than any other in antiquity. We have a lot of data to compare what we have today and what was originally written. And what we see is very few differences, usually grammatical uh, or spelling issues, nothing that would would even alter a major doctrine within the church. So we have a pretty credible source of learning today. I'm so that's one of the things I'm incredibly passionate about because it, for m- most people truthfully if you don't understand the Bible that you have in front of you, how and why it's authoritative, then it will never truly be authoritative. We say, well, I, I read the Bible and I understand, you know, I, 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 the Bible's, like you can, <laughs> you can look to the Bible but not really follow the Bible. Many people will say Jesus says, but many people say, Lord, Lord. And I'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. And there's a there's a really scary teaching there we have to come to understand. Just because I say oh, I believe in the Bible doesn't mean I really believe in the Bible. We've got to give ourselves and, and importantly our our children the knowledge that they need that they require so that they can look at this book as an authoritative passage. Well, why is it that our students, our children, will believe their history books? but they have a hard time believing the Bible. Well, it could be the way we communicate about the Bible. Listen, this this book that I have in front of me, the Holy Bible, is much more accurate than most of the modern history books that are coming out today. It, it stands the test of time. It is backed up and backed up and backed up by, by outside source time and time again. This is a book that we can have confidence in. And so Paul tells Timothy, if anyone teaches a different doctrine, one that doesn't align with the teaching of that you've received from me and from the apostolic church, one that doesn't agree with the, the words we have from our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine confirming, uh, con- conforming to godliness, that's again that of the church. Uh, that's the gospel that you've heard then you should be careful, he says. You should be careful. And what he does now is he's going to paint a, a wanted poster of sorts describing the type of teaching and teacher that would be opposed to this. He says, well, this person who would teach this different doctrine, he's conceited. He's conceited. Well, we understand that what that word means. Uh, he's conceited. He, 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 uh, 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 thinks highly of himself. He, he's conceited. He, uh, he, there's no humility within him. He understands nothing. Now that's a really neat 
term that he uses there. He understands. He it, it, literally it means he he knows nothing. <laughs> They're ignorant is the is the idea there. And some translations translate it that way. They're ignorant. So they're conceited. They felt that they had special knowledge of God, a special understanding, better knowledge than the apostles. They were conceited. They they thought they thought they were a little too big for their britches. They're conceited and they're ignorant. They literally understand nothing or know nothing. It it really recalls again uh, chapter one. Uh, this idea of desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they were saying or what they were uh, making confident assertions about. These teachers were not simply misguided. They're, They're totally ignorant. And so sometimes with the word ignorant, of course it's a derogatory term, I suppose, today. Um, But sometimes you can be ignorant and not know you're being ignorant. Like, Sometimes you can just not know, not understand something. For example, I'm ignorant about all kinds of things. I was talking to a, a friend of mine this past uh, week, uh, and I and I said, said, you know, truthfully, I I don't know motors. Like I I, I can't fix a motor really. Uh, I, I know very few things when it comes to engines. I, I'm ignorant about that thing. Now I'm not necessarily guilty because I'm I'm. I'm ignorant about that. I've just never learned it. It's not a, a thing I've picked up. Uh, but it seems sometimes you can be ignorant by your own choosing. And, and this this appears to be the situation here. Their doctrine was measured against the apostles, and their conduct was measured as as godless. And, and in this context, it seems that their condition of being ignorant was their fault. Because it came as a result of decisions made about the apostolic gospel of, of which they once knew. So they once knew the truth, but then they, 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 they wandered off. They, they, they added to it. They became arrogant in their new doctrine. And so it seems here that they're responsible for it. It's, it's, it this ignorance is, they're culpable for it. Well, let's look how he continues to, to, to describe them. They, they have a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words. That, that's kind of interesting. They have a morbid interest. This is the, uh, the uh, NASB. They took, up, they took pleasure in controversy and, and quarreling and arguing. This is so marked by their behavior that actually the... Um, the terminology here that Paul uses. Um, oh, hold on. Where is it? Verse 4. Uh, they have a morbid interest in controversial questions. That could be translated. Uh, they are sick. They're, they're sick with disputes. They're sick with controversial questions. It's infected them. As this danger spreads, this this sickness spreads, it produces poisons that that destroy and decay the relationships with others within the church and destroy church unity. And well, what's produced from these things? What's produced from these this sickness? Well, envy, 
strife, abusive language, evil suspicions. Paul makes a list here of of of, of results of the sickness. Envy is disconnected, uh, disconnected thirst for advantage or position that that breeds distrust. Paul will later write in Galatians 5 that envy is what stands in opposition to joy and to peace, which is fruit of the Spirit, the fruit that the Spirit produces. Strife. It, 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 it's the idea of a constant struggle. Abusive language. Evil suspicions. The question I'm asking myself now is, are those things constant in my life? You know, I'm, I'm prone. I love a good debate. I love a good Bible-centered debate. And if I'm not careful, it, it sometimes goes to the extent of I'm, you know, offending people and don't realize it. And that's a, a, something that I have to watch myself with because I love a good Bible-soaked debate. I've got to be careful, though, that that debate doesn't lead to strife, to... to to controversial relationships, friction between brothers. Let's look at verse five, and we'll we'll end it there. Uh, constant friction between men of depraved mind and depraved of the truth. What's produced is constant friction. This friction, this friction hurts the church. It hurts individuals. And they suppose, it says in verse 5, that godliness is a means of gain. Now, we'll pick up that idea of a means of gain and how godliness might be a means of gain Friday. I'm sorry, Wednesday. Um, but I suppose it's beneficial for us to, to look at the, the, the counterpart to this whole passage today is that the true gospel announces and, and, and produces a genuinely transformed lifestyle. And that's really what this is this is all pointing to. Ultimately the the disease that's spread by the heretics would result in a, a, a sort of spiritual mental illness. And boy, we've got plenty of that today. We've got plenty of that in our culture today, in our world today, that, that's claiming to be of Christ, that has nothing to do with Christ, that, which should raise alarm for us. Now, now, notice what Paul tells Timothy. He doesn't tell Timothy to bury his head in the sand. He doesn't tell Timothy to practice grace um, and, and give space for people to believe different things. No, he said, listen, if anyone advocates a different gospel, he's conceded. He's he's not a part of the church. He's 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 broken off from the people, and you need to be very clear on that. You need to be very clear on on who is of the church and who's not. <laughs> you don't bury your head in the sand, Paul. Says that there's a spiritual mental illness here there's a rejection of the knowledge of God I'm sorry the, the knowledge of God and it leads to a corrupt life 
the, the corrupt mind and it's being robbed of, of, of truth. The heretics could no longer apprehend God's truth because they had become so calloused in their thinking. They'd been so corrupted by their false teachings. They were now opposed to the gospel. So Paul tells Timothy, you need to be very clear, very, very clear, very aware of who's who's teaching the right gospel and who's teaching the wrong gospel. Be very clear on that. And, and as we start this week, it's something for us to consider. I have no doubt that as you start this week, you will hear terrible Bible teaching this week or terrible things of God. You, you'll hear you'll hear uh, progressive Christianity taught, and, and God accepts everyone type thing. You'll hear all kinds of terrible teaching in our culture about sexuality and gender and identity. I can understand all those teachings, but I can't understand them from a Christian perspective. And anyone who claims to be a Christ follower must really hold those teachings according to the word. And that's not what we find in our world today. Paul, this is a warning from Paul to Timothy about false teaching and what false teaching produces. And he says, be very careful, little one. Don't take it in. Don't take it in. We'll pick up Wednesday and we'll talk about dishonest gain and that characteristic of these false teachers. Because listen, it doesn't matter what... What the teaching is. Every false teaching has dishonest gain. Every false teaching has dishonest gain. So the question is, what is to be gained? Often, we're dealing with more than just money. We'll talk about that Wednesday. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today. Uh, Be sure uh, to uh, share this podcast with other people if you find it beneficial. If you don't find it beneficial, well, I guess you don't have to share. Um, Also, uh, we're going to be re-releasing the Bold Men podcast on a regular basis uh, starting this week. So keep your eyes open for that. If you are a guy, join us for the Bold Men's podcast. It should be coming out uh, no later than Wednesday uh, this week. Uh, God bless. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Leesburg Daily.